Welcome to Stance for Health podcast with Dr. Rod and Karen Wirth, where becoming healthy is not complicated. Control your health by focusing on six areas of life that we teach you so you finally have the energy you want, have to do what you want instead of being a victim of your age. I have over 20 years experience working as a chiropractor and Karen is a author, speaker, and longevity coach. We've seen how a tiny change in your habits today can open up your life to a powerful future. Start today and take your stance for health. Welcome to Stance for Health. My name is Karen Sebastian Worth, and I'm a longevity coach. And I am so delighted to have with me Dr. Rodney. Hello. And we're going to talk about something very near and dear to our hearts because we work it just about every day of the week. Yes, we do. It is posture. We want to talk about defining it and what difference it can make in your life. Before we get too far into that, though, I do want to give a shameless plug for Stance Chiropractic because Dr. Rodney is a postural neurologist and I do the neural rehab. So I think it would be great if we started with the definition of what posture is. What do you consider posture, Dr. Rodney? It's so funny you ask it that way. What do I consider posture? It's really, I would reflect it back to anyone listening to this and ask them, what does good posture look like? Oh, I like that. The and, practical. And what does it feel like? You know, I can go through all the numbers and, you know, the particulars and the specifics and all that stuff. But most people, when they see good posture, it's almost stunning to them because the head is above the shoulders, the shoulders are back, the hips are located above the knees, the knee, knees are located above the ankles, and it looks easy. It looks relaxed. And they take that right into sleep, too, and so they sleep better. And so I would say to anyone listening that it tends to be something that doesn't create threat in the nervous system. And it even looks like it's not creating threat from the observer, from the outside observer. Speaking on this topic, we got the privilege of speaking about posture to some orchestra teachers. They work with fifth and sixth graders in middle school, seventh through eighth. And we talked about posture. And the minute that you say the word posture, what does everyone do? Almost with, to a person, they almost all sit up or change their posture just a little bit. So would it be fair to say that posture is deteriorating? Oh, my goodness. Almost with the rate of technology. Oh, wow. Yeah. So it, what you're saying is consider the people with the cell phones, consider the people with... Yes. If you're listening to this on your laptop, you might even be looking down at the screen as we, as we speak. And so a lot of things that we've just created by habit, uh, as a result of technology, we didn't adapt the technology necessarily to fit our, our good posture. And let me think about my dad as a kid growing up on a farm, got up super early, took care of the chickens and the pigs, and then helped his dad with plow the fields. Very different lifestyle activity and posture. 
And so part of what we have talked about in another podcast, which I'll put the link in the notes, is head forward posture literally can signal early death. For example, when I have a new health partner come in and we do neural rehab, I will ask them, what does the, if you're in an improv class, what does posture look like? And what do they do usually, Doc? Are you talking about impersonating someone who's older? Yes, impersonating someone who's 100 plus. They probably find a cane. They try to they try to adapt their posture to head forward posture. Basically, what we are working working away from. Right? Yes, and that is something we've connected with older people, and now we're seeing with young people. Wow! So that is something that we really need to think about, and that's it's an interesting uh, the statistics that show early mortality when people are what's the that what's that term when they've got that hump in the middle of their back you're talking about dowager's hump yes yes one of the things that that happens is your body actually starts to swell in that area and as a result of that we, we term a condition for it it used to be we'd see it uh, in a lot of women that did like counted cross stitch and mm-hmm and macrame and all those different things and sewing and needlework and all that stuff. You know, they're, they're bent forward like that. And now it's kids are doing the same thing at such an age, right? With, right. with their tablets and cell phones. Right. I think what you were getting at was a, an all-cause mortality, an early mortality. We're seeing a reduction in that when we aim toward what we're doing here at Stance. Okay. That reduction can reach as high as 144% reduction. One of the things that we talked about when we were talking to the teachers was that there's a connection between posture and success, good posture and success and motivation. Head forward posture can reduce the force vital capacity for respiration due to abnormal muscle recruitment of the accessory muscles of respiration. So that's a, a Research definition. Can you explain that better? Think of everything outside of your diaphragm. Okay. When you when you go to breathe, and a lot of folks will think, well, maybe I use my chest muscles. Mm-hmm. You also have muscles that actually lift up the chest that are in your neck, and uh, you know, as when you use those too much, and you're straining those muscles, and you're threatening those muscles with poor posture, they eventually start to take on more of the quality of a tendon than a muscle. And so as a result, what happens is that sense of threat causes this this, this flexion dominance. And pretty soon what you're talking about is is a restriction of the the very rib rib cage you're trying to move. And so you end up with chest breathing, Mm -hmm. which puts you in the fight, flight, freeze, or fawn. Yeah, and it's harder to move the diaphragm. Wow. Because the the excursion is different. You have a dis- different excursion path. In other words, a different uh, height, let's say, for the diaphragm to go. You're not, you're not creating as much of a negative space with the diaphragm. And so one of the things I talked about just briefly, I actually went off on a, a huge tangent, took off like a rocket, because I was talking about being a teacher of anatomy and physiology. 
Yes. And when you change your structure, you then therefore have to train, change your function. And so what I was talking about in part, uh, and I'll be really brief here, is the degree to which you change that structure, which you're referring to, is then also the degree that you change the function of the cells. Changing the, the actual uh, pathways with which cells can actually communicate on a less than nervous system level, the microtubules that are connecting the cells. And so we talk, we're not just talking about uh, something that's maybe unsightly. We're not talking about something that, you know, like a dowager's hump or not just that's something that just occurs uh, randomly. This took some effort to get here. And so therefore, it takes some effort to to make some changes to go the other direction. That is just so amazing. The other part that we find in the research is that proprioception. That's a fancy long word for what, Doc? It's the body's ability to have a reflex, reflexive change. In other words, almost like a knee-jerk reaction to gravity. And ah, because posture to, is holding up against gravity. Yeah, okay. and to, and for the body in the first place, you're we're, we're meant to be on two feet most of the time. It's the body's ability to transmit all that information correctly to get the right grid, to get the right map for where it is in space. So proprioception is knowing where you are in space. So this research says that increased use of smartphones with forward head posture has been shown to significantly impact cervical proprioception. But that means that the, the head doesn't know where it is in space anymore or what is going on there. When kid is on their phone, looking down anyone, not just a kid, but especially kids on their device, and then they look up. There's the, the few reflexes that come to mind is the vestibular ocular reflex. Because your eyes are fixated on a on a close object rather than an object far away, it's not a moving target. Mm-hmm. So your eyes are your eyes and your brain, the map with which your head knows where it is, actually starts to shrink. The reflex in your neck to your spine, your spine to your brain, actually starts to change too, and it starts to mimic this the function of someone who's depressed. But also that compression starts to take place, and you start to lose the map for that reflex too. And the way of walking ends up being like someone with Parkinson's. Yes, that's right. It also says here in the same research that that head forward posture has a negative effect on the muscle spindle activity, resulting in cervical repositioning errors and deficits of dynamic balance activity. So that's the vestibular, uh-huh. but also tell us about the why the eyes are so significant in proprioception. That- there is actually a reflex that's taking place between the cranial nerves of the eyes and the, actually it's an input to the vestibular system. Cranial nerves three, four, and six, we, all, we often think of the ability to see, but it is important, the acuity of it, that's cranial nerve two, but we need to be able to have those inputs correct by the amount of weight that they can lift, so to speak, uh, left and right, and to convert, converge toward the nose and actually be able to fixate on an object. The, that's the, the vestibular input uh, of those cranial nerves to that system of proprioception in a general way. But you mentioned spindle cells, which is really cool because when you talk about uh, spindle cell activity, what you're actually talking about is uh, what I was mentioning is that flexion is because that muscle is shortened 
and it's get, it's gotten used to being shortened and it's going to inhibit the muscles opposite of, of its uh, position. So if you're talking about uh, the front side muscles inhibiting the backside muscles and that therefore those muscles get weak and the ones that are in the front just get stronger. <laughs> so that is a, if I've ever heard of a negative feedback mechanism or a uh, spiral, a downward spiral, that mm-hmm. sounds like that's one of them. It certainly does. So not only are you not breathing properly, but you're not aware of where your head is in space. You're losing balance. It's no wonder that this third piece of research is so powerful because there is a connection between good posture and better grades. Tell us your personal story, Doc. Oh, my goodness. Yeah. I was in a sport at well, a sporting accident, a tackling accident. We're from a big football town, and and we used to uh, line up just all these boys. I don't know; it must have been fifty boys, and we would put one guy out in the middle of a of a long field that was probably half of a football field. Felt like bigger than that at that age, but one guy had to tackle somebody of all those guys that were charging him, right? And so he had to, and slowly you'd get down to just one guy that had to pass through all these guys that could tackle it and didn't have pads or anything like that. So it was rough and rugby. I landed on my head while I was being tackled. And so the, the, the the jamming of the neck, so to speak, almost like a whiplash, except it was like a rollover type accident. When you get in a car accident, a rollover. And so I started going to a chiropractor uh, right across the street, in fact. And that's the first time this happened again. And the second time I look back on it, I my grades were not the greatest. In fact, uh, in fourth grade, they uh, they <laughs> they were in, es- in essence calling me hyperactive. But you know, the the, the very next time something like this happened. I remember something similar happening, uh, another compression type injury, and I went across to the street to the chiropractor. And I started to notice because I, I think I went longer this this time and more consistently, and my grades actually started to improve. What? Yeah. Uh, for the first time, I, I think I think my parents actually had hope that I could do better than, than C's and D's. And... I attribute it also to the teachers, but my, my grades improved in part because of chiropractic. I had, I had a less of a sense of threat. I had more, more of a sense of ease, and my nervous system was just working better. I love that. Upright posture in this research, it was shown that when you are upright, you have greater vitality, pleasure, your heart rate increases. And you can do better in calculation and listening comprehension. So I'm not sure how they studied this, but it's interesting that for children, when they began to have upright posture, it made a change in their state of mind. They became much more positive and their grades improved. Hmm. I just wonder in that research if they're talking about, you know, increased heart rate scores, because when I when someone stands up, your your heart rate does increase. And, you know, I don't know that 
a blood pressure, low blood pressure would actually be a problem, but I think it would actually be regulated better. By, I agree. By a heart rate. I agree. That is uh, included in uh, good posture and heart rate and blood pressure go hand in hand. So as you can see from this research that we've shared with you today, that we're only scratching the surface of posture. And we are passionate about it because we can see the difference in people's lives, in their motivation, in their health, and their overall satisfaction with life itself. So I encourage you to take a stance for better posture. And we're going to give you some key exercises next podcast so that you can begin to improve your posture as you take your Your stance stance for for health. Thank you for joining us at Stance for Health podcast, where getting healthy and staying that way are not as complicated as you might think. Subscribe now and discover steps and small changes that can increase your energy and open the door to vibrant health and longevity. If this podcast has been helpful, please write a review. We'll see you next time.